You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Texans, your daily podcast and news update covering your Houston Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my boy. John, some sports guy Hickman. Remember, you can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with your ear listening to us. There has been a lot of activity happening in the NFL over the past 24 to 48 hours. Well, hell, you can probably even go back towards Friday. However, a lot of this affects what the Houston Texans can do. A lot of this affects the scenery around the Houston Texans. And then a lot of it affects the Houston Texans with their own organization, with some of the moves that were made and everything that comes along with the NFL not ceasing all business and you know, honestly, it has been business as usual for the NFL. And, of course, if that's the case for the NFL, then that's also the case for the Houston Texans. So there are some things we need to kick off the week with today in order for us to figure out the next direction. Oh, by the way, free agency starts Wednesday, March 18th. Yes, sir. And speaking of free agency, one of the biggest dominoes, not only in the NFL, but in this AFC South fell on yesterday. Yesterday, news broke that Ryan Tannehill will continue his career with the Tennessee Titans, which means I told you, I told you, I told you, didn't I tell you all the speculations between the Tennessee Titans going after Tom Brady has ceased now john you 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 did tell me that and i am just a tad bit happy that he is not in tennessee because you know me i want to see tom brady to remain in new england and finish his career as a patriot but at the end of the day ryan Tannehill is a guy who at least for the next two to three years i can't remember how long his new contract is going to be he is going to be a guy that the houston texans are going to have to make sure they keep their eye on moving forward. Absolutely. Ryan Tannehill got a whopping $118 million total average of $29.5 per year for his salary, a $62 million full guarantee over the course of that contract. He can make $91 million total guaranteed. Big congrats. Shout out to Ryan Tannehill, one of the most um, beloved Texas quarterbacks and, you know, in regards to what he did at Texas A&M, switching from receiver to quarterback, had a rough start to his career in Miami, but now he receives his big payday for a franchise that obviously believes in him enough to give him $62 million fully guaranteed and that he can possibly make up to 91 uh, on top of that. What that deal does for the Houston Texans specifically, directly, ladies and gentlemen, it just it lets you know that this window for how they can continue to run the AFC South like they have in the past four to five years is shortening 
by the Mutts. That deal from Ryan Tannehill. Let me tell you guys what the Titans did not have until Ryan Tannehill switched. They did not have a quarterback that was limited. They did not have a quarterback that could beat you from the pocket. They did not have a quarterback that can have a good TD to interception ratio. They had a very limited quarterback and Marcus Mariota had not been a real threat. What people thought he would be coming out of college. There, there was a lot of people who thought him and Jameis Winston would be somewhat of the Mahomes and Deshaun Watson of the NFL, how they would just be the new faces of the league. That did not work out, at least for Marcus Mariota, who is now, you know, he a, he is a free agency going into this offseason. So what I'm getting at is Ryan Tannehill will be in charge of a team that just went to the AFC South. He will get a full offseason with the starters the Titans must, now let me say this, they must retain Derrick Henry in that backfield. I do not believe they go without Derrick Henry. However, with Ryan Tannehill behind center, that will open up your offense so much. And now the Titans can go and fix and work on the things that made the Titans throughout the years, their good years, who they are, and that is defense they can retool their defense now they're not searching for quarterbacks they gave out their quarterback money uh he got the 29.5 million dollars per year which i always speculated he would get it between 28 29 i did not think he would get to that uh low 32 33 million dollar mark but that's a good contract for ryan Tannehill, who's on his second team and he will be the deciding factor on this offense that decides and that will determine if they take that next hump to the next level. And if I'm the Houston Texans and if I'm the fans, I worry to myself, you know, okay, now they have a team. Listen, guys, the Tennessee Titans have been nine and seven for the last couple of years outside of uh, last year. Right. And I, and I mean, they did finish a little bit right over that uh, 500 mark, but those good years with Marcus Mariota, I hate to call them good years, but that's what they were for him. They were always hovering around eight and eight, nine and seven. Now Tannehill can take that, take this team and take that jump to where now the, the Texans not only have to worry about what if the Colts get a quarterback and if they fix themselves, the main enemy right now in the AFC South will be the Tennessee Titans. As you mentioned, on Wednesday will be the start of free agency. Today, as a matter of fact, teams and players are able to start negotiating amongst one another in order to see where they want to go heading into the 2020 season. But before we get into all that, John, a new CBA deal is officially (laughs) agreed upon. Early Sunday morning, news broke that the NFL and the Players Association came to agreement for the brand new CBA agreement, which means there will now be 17 games in the regular Mm. season for over the next 10 years. There's going to be a salary cap increase. There's going to be a situation where teams are going to able to sign more players throughout the season. John... I know we talked about this multiple times, and if we rewind about two to three weeks ago, this was one of, if not the hottest debate in sports, this new CBA agreement. I do feel 
that at the end of the day, this agreement, although it might not look like it's a good deal right now, I do believe moving forward, this deal would, would be great on both sides in due times. And I'm only looking at it from a standpoint where if you just look at the average Joe on an NFL team that's not in the limelight, like a J.J. Watt, like a Deshaun Watson, like a DeAndre Hopkins, it gives them an opportunity to not only to continue playing the game that they love, but they actually are going to get a pay raise themselves. And also, by the way, it's just one more extra week of football. And, and John, to be honest, when you get down to that last week of the NFL season, how many players, especially teams that's automatically booked for the playoffs, how many of those teams actually play their good guys? I don't believe there's going to be a situation where they're going to end up playing extra minutes or, you know, just playing way out of out of out of what they normally play. I do believe that at the end of the day, this is something that's when you look at it in hindsight, it's going to be a good deal for the guys. Uh, I partially disagree. And my standpoint on this entire situation is simply in any negotiation, in any contract agreement, in any discussion as huge as the collective bargaining agreement for the NFL, there's going to be pros. There's going to be cons. Pros. Well, yes, like you said, Cody, and the NFL is full of, and I'm not downgrading them or disregarding them, but the NFL is full of the smaller guys. You know, the guys that are barely making the 53-man roster, the guys that are, you know, special teamers. It's full of those guys. And so, yeah, now they make much more money. You will get at least up to 48.5% of the league revenue. In 2021, it'll be 48, and then it could possibly go up to 48.5 after that in which the 17 regular season games are prepared. And then, hey, for the fans, you get an extra team in the playoffs. And so that means another team, more football on Saturday and Sundays. The cap increase would be up to 198.2, which would be an increase for 10 million, up $10 million from last season for 2020. And then it will increase again moving forward. I'm saying a lot of good things. But I, I disagree with the 17 games and only because I just think with 17 games, that does a lot more for the players' bodies and the NFL can pump fake all they want about player safety and things of that nature. Uh, then if they were concerned about the player safety th this entire time, one of the things about the new CBA that is much better than the OCBA would have been effective and that's better benefits for former and which is probably the most important out of this entire thing better benefits for former players Cody I can't stress enough if you leave an organization that you've given your all to it you still want to make sure they got your back after everything is said and done now the NFL has prioritized helping out retired players with the medical benefits. So kudos to them. And hey, you know what? Kudos to them not moving forward, at least for the next 10 years, 
not suspending players or not testing for marijuana because of just what that can do naturally for players in rehab. And I know people will have their different speculations and disagreements on that. However, just like we can say, well, they have medicine for that, both the medicine and marijuana can be abused. So I would rather go with the more natural approach rather than uh, meds. But uh, you know the funny thing about this, Cody? People are going to say, woe is me and, you know, complain. Do you want to know something about this CBA agreement? The vote was 1019. 1,019, yes. 959, no. Cody, over 500 players reportedly did not vote. So, (laughs) here's also another good thing about this new CBA. Teams cannot use both the franchise and transition tag in this offseason. So, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper if one gets the franchise tag or the transition tag, the other one cannot. They can no longer use that. But here's the thing, Cody, moving forward. In a critical and crucial year, right, in the NFL, how long have you heard me for years now? Let's take it back to when we first started doing sports on the Core 94 ESPN radio. How many times have you heard me say I believe there was going to be a lockout for the NFL in this year? I mean, you basically been saying that every what what year was that? Twenty sixteen? We was on a court ninety four. I mean, you you basically have been saying 2017, that twenty seventeen court ninety four, twenty sixteen <laughs> ESPN radio. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, you've been saying that a lot, but like I said, once again, I I kind of believe that this CBA deal. I mean, you basically gave all of the positives with this deal, and the one negative that you can come across. It's just now that it's going to be a 17-week season versus a 16-week season, which bring, which brings me back to my original point. If you are going to be a playoff team, nine times out of ten, you're not going to play your top guys during that last week of the regular season. And on the flip side of that, if you are a trash team, then nine times out of ten, you're you just ready to go one, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> you know? Well, and- yeah, it's, it's a midpoint between – teams that are already locked in and solidified versus teams that are locked in Mm -hmm. and solidified for the number one pick. So I I definitely believe it comes down to the teams like, you know, the race for the eight. Yeah, like like, like Tennessee. Now there can be another Cinderella story like Tennessee. If this is the NBA, it would be the race for the eight. Now it is the, you know, I don't know, something for the seven. But I, I get what you're saying. I do. Yeah, you know, and and that's the standpoint I'm looking at it. Like, if the only negative you can take away from this is that it's a 17 versus a 16 week season, I believe that the NFL is moving along over the next 10 years. We're going to see a better version of the NFL. That's that's just me personally. You know, I love the fact that the average Joe on all these NFL teams, they're going to see a pay raise. You know, it's giving more guys that's barely making the 53 man roster. It's giving them a, a, a chance you know, to actually make the team, you know, a better chance to actually make the team. Um, and, of course, the whole marijuana situation, I, I kind of feel like that should be a rule throughout all sports. Um, <laughs> hell, even when you take a look at just life in general. But, um, you know, I, I do believe 
you know, outside of the 17 week season, man, this was a pretty good deal. Yeah, and like I said, in everything, there's pros and cons. I think the biggest con of it all is adding that extra game. Let's be honest, we'll add a lot of extra bumps and bruises and toll to your body. I think the players should have fought for the immediate 48.5% revenue of the league and then look towards bumping it up to 49. That way it can be 51-49. But I, I have to say this, moving forward in the next 10 years, the players collectively cannot complain in a sense because that's just like how this country operates. 500 hmm. people didn't go vote. They knew this was crucial. Hey, listen, once the deal is done, you really can't say too much because you knew what was on the line. You knew the stakes that you were playing with, and 500 players reportedly did not go vote. So mm-hmm. I think that's the interesting thing. And you know what? I will say kudos. I always give kudos when kudos are in line. Kudos to the NFL owners for propping themselves with the smaller guys in the league and not propping themselves with pleasing the bigger guys in the league. And what I say to that is, of those 500 players who did not vote, ask yourself how many of those players were making more than the league minimum. What the NFL did was a good job with standing with the smaller guys. Hey, listen, all of you guys are not going to make these fat contracts record-breaking contracts. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you more money and better benefits. And there's far more smaller guys in the NFL than there are big guys. Last but not least, some of you are a Texas player who tweeted out against the vote. DJ Reader, who's only currently a Texan player, we don't know how long he's going to be around. He tweeted, shaking my head. Cullen Gillespie tweeted, that vote was that close? Wow. And then Justin Reed, brother of Panthers safety, Eric Reed, and we know how vocal Eric Reed has been in his career, tweeted out, shaking my head, cannot believe it. My only question is, how many of those guys actually went out and voted? Yeah, you never really know what these guys do behind closed door. But now that free agency is in a couple of days, it kicks off righteous like. Well, one player we've been harping on, the Texans must make a priority to make sure that they hold things in place in a you know in a place that's already breaking down. Bradley Roby will be returning to the Houston Texans. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. You know, over the course of the last couple of weeks, we've seen Brandon Gunn get his deal. We've seen uh, Kaimi Fairbrand get his deal, Dan Fells get his deal. And the conversation, not only between Cody and I, but with Cody, I, and Twitter, and Twitter amongst themselves, and just people around the city of Houston that love the Texans but may scratch their heads at some of the decisions that they make. You know, the question was okay, wait a minute, when are we going to re sign guys back that are? very essential to this team. And among those guys was Bradley Roby, a guy who had mentioned how he wanted to continue to stay in Houston over the course of his career 
because of just how he enjoys being in here. A guy that had eight pass deflections last year, one interception, a guy that only allowed 38 completions last year for the Houston Texans, a guy that only allowed two touchdowns last year. Now, this guy who was one of the bright spots in a failing due to injury or whatever the case, secondary, will be returning as the Texans re-sign Bradley Roby to a new three-year deal worth $36 million uh, and roughly $17 million in guaranteed money. Cody, I don't think they got that wrong. I'm I'm happy. Kudos to the Houston Texans for finally getting that Roby deal done. We mentioned last week who was next in line, and I just was thinking to myself, well, it has to be Bradley Roby. It has to be Bradley Roby. Jonathan Joseph is about to walk. He's not retiring, which is still a head scratcher to me, but he is not walking. I mean, he's not retiring. He's walking. That left the current cornerbacks on our roster to be mm-hmm. Lonnie Johnson Jr., who would be going into his second year, and Gary Young Conley, a former first-rounder who was traded from his team, had a very good year as a Texan, but still has some concerns. And I, 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 maybe Keon, no, Keon Cross is not even on the team anymore, maybe. But a very limited option at cornerback. How excited are you to get this deal done for Bradley Roby to have him back in the red, white, and blue moving forward for at least another three years? I was happy as hell. <laughs> plain <laughs> you know, and simple. Yeah, yeah, plain and simple. I was happy as hell. And I only said that due to the fact, John, you know, last week I questioned what are they doing? Because it seemed like every time I was getting some kind of news on who the Texans were resigning, it was guys I'm like, that 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 could have waited or that deal maybe maybe would have been a little bit too much. Bradley Roby, it seems like everything with this deal was perfect from the length to the money. Um, the fact, like you said, we're we're losing Jonathan Joseph. And this is a guy, he was one of the few bright spots in that secondary that was up and down. Bradley Roby, I mean, when even when you take a look at this team as a whole, you're talking about he was by far one of the most reliable players on this team. This is a deal that they needed to get done. They got it done. Now I'm starting to see not only the Texans. Yes, I know this is possibly the first deal that I felt this way towards towards them. Oh, and also, by the way, John, it's not a one-year deal, so I know you're happy about yes. that. Yes. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they needed to make sure one of the main key players they needed to keep, Bradley Roby, they did it. Now they need to take care of Laramie Tunsil, and I'm still hoping Carlos Hyde. Well, I don't think – I don't know. I'm, I'm still indifferent. That's why I said hoping. I, I know. That's, I know, I that's why you put the emphasis. And I, and I can see that um, the Texans still they have Duke Johnson in that running back position. So that is somewhat of a cautious pillow they can lean on. But you're absolutely right. We were questioning – the Texans only because of timing. I think we both knew that eventually once we heard that the news was out that the DJ reader signing more than likely won't happen. And that 15 and a half million dollars that they could have used to franchise tag him will not happen. Then I think we kind of figured that the Texans will re-sign Bradley Roby. I think everybody was just waiting on getting it done before March 18th. That way, it's no speculation moving forward. 
right? He will be a Houston Texan, and we do not have to worry about other teams prying him uh, from the Houston Texans in free agency. So kudos to Bradley Roby. Uh, I think I said he had one interception last year. Bradley Roby had two interceptions last year. So he had a very good year. Only played 10 games, missed six due to a hamstring injury. Um, and that is an area of concern considering how hamstring injuries linger around this organization. But $12 million a year, I'm, I'm happy that they got the deal done. Now we don't have to worry about whether or not we will lose him, which will bump up the prioritizing the prioritization for cornerbacks in the draft. We already have Conley. Now Roby is secure. Johnson is secure. Maybe we can see what Cornell Armstrong, who is now currently projected to be the four-string cornerback. That's the other cornerback I was thinking of, Armstrong. So maybe we can see what he has to solidify his fourth position in that depth chart for cornerback. Who knows? But now we know moving forward, we have a decent secondary at cornerback, which is the group of Conley, Roby, and Johnson was mainly the group that we used to kind of close out the year. And so happy that the Texans got that deal done. Other news that will affect the AFC South. The Colts announced that they agreed to extend offensive tackle Anthony Costanza. So Costanzo rather, not George Costanza, brother, long lost cousin or something like that. But that will help out the Colts offensive line, keeping that line stable for whatever they do at the quarterback position. This is Locked On Texans kicking it off on a Monday. John, some sports guy, Hickman. Thank you guys for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. Don't forget to follow the Locked On Texans Twitter page and Locked On Texans. Cannot do the show without my boy. Cody Davis. And please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C-O-T-Y. D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Texans. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Texans. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. Peace. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.